0: I know that some of you have never been and you might be a little nervous, but don't worry. We're here to relax and it's a very friendly activity. It's the activity of learning how to do nothing. Learning to do nothing is a way of learning how to accept the ending of things because we practiced listening to our lives, instead of being caught up, or our lives catching us up all the time, and rolling us around in knots, different kinds of knots. Do any of you feel a little bit entangled or knotted up at some point? Only a few. I like to knit and crochet. and You know what it's like when you've made a knot, or the whole scheme gets knotted up and you think, now if I don't move it around too much, I'll easily pull the knot out. But the more you pull it tight, the less chance you'll ever get that knot out. Well, life is like that. The faster we keep moving, the harder it is to untie the knots. The harder it is to untie the knots at a high speed. But when we slow down, and we study our lives, and we study the way this mind and body function, then we have some chance to disentangle the tangle. That's a very slow process, because we've been spending our whole lives getting tangled up in knots. Not intentionally, mind you. We start out okay. But then things happen. We get sick. Somebody dies. We get divorce, we lose a job somebody who was a friend turns nasty and it's of course their fault that's because we are probably knotted up at some point and are not able to understand the situations and our own reactions the process, etc. Meditation means to be in the middle and this path is called the middle way We're trying to find the road that is balanced, the path that walks us down the middle of things in our lives so that we can be balanced. And that place of balance would mean being in the temple, to be inside the temple, in the middle, in the medium point or the axis mundi of our lives. And when you're in a temple, what comes to mind, being in a church or in a temple? What do you think of doing in there? Praying. Pray. Pray. Worship. 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 Could it also point to a kind of stillness, a serenity and a purity, a pure consciousness, a cleaning out? To still the mind and leave the world outside the door so that one can be with oneself somehow. To find a harmony, a peace. To be pacified. It sounds like pacifist. To stop the war. Where is the war? It's in here. The tangle is part of the war. The usual way that we want to disentangle the tangle is you turn on the TV, maybe, or go out jogging, or what would you do when you feel stressed, for example? I think what I would do. I would meditate. <laughs> I would meditate. And, and meditation is a bit like an internal jogging without moving. <laughs> we sit in the temple of the heart. We don't have to go to a building that we practice bringing the mind to a place of quiet. Some friends have told me that when they jog, they feel more relaxed, like they've left something behind. It's healthy, you oxygenate your body. And meditation is a kind of antibiotic for the heart, an oxygenation of this precious place where all emotion enters by the doorway of the heart and some of it never leaves. Some of it gets stuck in there and it desperately needs fresh air. If we can learn how to make the heart a safe place, where we can sit down with ourselves and just listen to whatever is happening in there, whatever's arising and ceasing, the result of that can be very refreshing. It can bring us back to connecting. It can help us disentangle those terrible tangles until we see that they're empty. All this stuff that we're stuck to is not real. It's just a construct of our minds, of our emotional attachments, of our habituated ways of reacting to life. And they keep us more and more glued to unskillful habits. So we never find the doorway into that sanctuary. So what did you tell us last week? It's uh, what with a human? Oh, yes. Human <laughs> which goes with we them? are spiritual beings on a human journey. Yes. Write that down. <laughs> <laughs> we are not. Human beings on a spiritual journey, but we're spiritual beings on a human journey. Because we're spiritual beings and we, we spend most of our time wrapped up in the exotic aspects of human life, like all the wonderful restaurants you could go to, the exciting TV programs you could watch, the cruises you could sign up for, the Olympics. The politics, whatever programs you like to watch on TV, are are various addictions. Some of them seemingly harmless, like coffee, or some of them quite unhealthy, like cigarettes, or drinking, or other kinds of things that we, we do, we begin in an innocent way, and in the end, they take over. And that includes ways in which we spend our time, like worrying. Now, worrying is a kind of addiction, so is carrying a lot of anger, and so is fear, being afraid, and panicking, that's another form of worry, of course, it starts at worry and then it grows from there, Um, feeling insecure, being unable to forgive the past, being unable to forgive people or ourselves for things that we've done, feeling guilty, feeling Remorse or regret about things that happened long ago and living in the past. If we're busy living in the past or being addicted to various activities that take up our whole life, whatever is not involved with earning a living, looking after a family, ourselves, etc., and takes up the rest of the space in our minds, that's part of the not work. That's part of the, the entanglement that creates a stress from which we're always running, which is taking up all the space in the heart, and prevents us from sitting down and hearing that natural radiance that we all have. It's part of our nature. It is there and available for each one of us, but we don't know how to listen to it. And meditation is the key. It's a technique that helps us open that door and trust enough to get inside the heart and sit there and do absolutely nothing. Doing nothing or being quiet might come hard in such a busy culture. It's a culture that's driven. Anybody here not busy? Are you busy? (laughs) I thought you were retired I am that's why why I'm so busy it's funny the word retired sounds like that you're tired again (laughs) all over again (laughs) or it's just recycling the weariness but now it's time finally and forever to reconnect, to recollect. Reconnecting through recollection or meditation. There's the meditation that helps us stop and learn to be calm. There's also a meditation which is contemplative where we then review that calmness and understand the effects where we contemplate and recollect. That's a way of recollecting gathering up all the, the jewels of our inner energies, the beautiful energy that we carry, gathering them up, concentrating them, and using them to stay within the heart, inside that temple, and practice being balanced. Recollecting helps us recollect ourselves. When you come into this room, You're already starting the meditation just by arriving here and leaving the world outside that door. That's step one. The second thing is you're sitting in the chair and as you sit in the chair feel yourself sitting in the chair. It couldn't get more simple. Just notice, what does it feel like to sit in this chair? Not in terms of It's great, or I don't like these chairs. That's thinking. But to feel yourself sitting in this chair is not to think. It's just to feel. Can you feel your body? What do you feel when you feel your body? Do you feel heaviness? It's easy to feel the weight of the body in the chair without any judgment. It doesn't matter what the body is. We're concerned here with the quality and state of the mind. This is a diet for the mind, not the body. The body, yes, of course, the health of the body is important. So we want to feel. And then we try to be aware of the consciousness that the mind has with feeling the weight of the body. What does it feel? Pressure? Do you feel bone touching the upholstery? Do you feel your feet on the floor? What does it feel like? Smooth? Or you feel the soles of the feet? Your shoes are tight? Feel your hands in your lap. Feel a weight. If you put your hands together, are your hands warm, sweaty, clammy, cold? It's coming down to the feeling tone of this body. What do you feel inside the body itself? Are you tired? Is it droopy? Do you feel aches and pains, a weariness, a tension? Feel your stomach. Did you just have a big meal? Is it bloated? Is it empty? Are you hungry? If you're very hungry, it's hard to meditate because you want to go have a sandwich. But if you've overeaten, it's also hard to meditate because you want to fall asleep. So even at the level of the body, we need balance. You want the mind to be balanced. The body also needs a bit of balance. Don't overeat before you meditate. And don't be too hungry. The Buddha's middle way, this path of the middle way, is not about being some kind of ascetic that goes out and sits on ice and makes it melt. We're not here to do things like that at all. We're here to do very ordinary things in a most ordinary way, and then to see extraordinary results. He's just trying to arrive at the meditation session with a bit of balance, and getting into a posture. Now, of course, you've all come running here in traffic, but those are the conditions of the world. We can't help that. Now, what we do with those conditions, once we've settled into the chair, that we can help. So leave your thoughts at the door, and then when you close your eyes to meditate, what will you notice? What will you notice when you sit down to meditate? That your mind... It's like a merry-go-round. Don't get scared. The key is not to judge, to use that sense of interest and curiosity, like, what's going to happen? And to be extremely patient no matter what comes up not to judge yourself but just to sit very patiently and observe the movements of the mind moment by moment not as if it's your mind or your life but it's just whatever you're feeling and whatever is arising in consciousness you observe it like a movie now I'm going to give a little bit of a guided meditation here Remember that you would like to untangle or disentangle all the knots in your life. And in order to be able to do that, you have to stop. You cannot disentangle those knots when you're rushing somewhere. So we've arrived here in this room. We've taken up the proper posture physically. Now we have to take The internal posture that will help us, first of all, notice, where are those knots? Some of you might be thinking, I haven't got any knots, I'm very content, I'm happy, I'm serene, I have no major dukkha, no major problems in my life, no suffering. And then you close your eyes, and you just try to keep your mind empty for one minute, two minutes, okay, three minutes and see what happens. And you'll see how difficult it is to stay in the present moment and not flip back into the past or topple into the future. What have I got to do tonight? What's going to happen? What about tomorrow? Or I have to make this phone call, my cell phone, my computer, my husband, my wife, my, my hospice patient, or your kids, your job, whatever your obligations and commitments are, it's all going to come up. And you have to keep shutting the door, bringing yourself back into the present moment, and just watching. As if you were sitting at the banks of the river, watching the river rush downstream where it's meant to go. One of the contemplations that you can use when you notice that your mind refuses to stop is to remember that however old you are, that's how many years your mind has been trained to rush, rush, and rush. Anybody here had the training to stop the mind in your life? In school, university, nursing school, hospice orientation? Yes. (laughs) Because Ali has been encouraging people to practice mindfulness, in the present moment, in this moment, to be able to walk into the room when you're meeting your hospice client or patient or working in this facility or in its programs, so that you can bring that peace and serenity and balance of heart to others who are facing a lot of fear. A lot of uncertainty, a lot of insecurity. If you think your mind is racing, imagine how their minds are suffering full of worry, full of anxiety, and need a strong pillar next to them. So this whole practice is an amazing tool to help us serve others better. The byproduct is we will benefit because we will serve ourselves better that's a gift tremendous gift pure presence is a mind that is empty there's no thoughts going on you're completely watching with awareness a quality of being awake the mind is concentrated on watching what's going on right now it's not moving into the past or the future it's just watching listening, listening to the present moment hearing the sound of the cat it's just a sound it's pure sound there's no judgment I like it, I don't like it I prefer dogs (laughs) it's not that judging mind anymore it's a pure listening a pure being with your experience exactly as it is you're not a change agent the way that we disentangle this mess of the stressed out person that we sometimes find ourselves being, is to do nothing. We're practicing doing nothing. And in doing nothing, the knots themselves disappear because they are essentially empty. And it's through the meditation practice that you might discover that. This kind of practice has a very healing effect. But it has to be practiced. It's a diet. Do you ever read a diet for a small planet? This is a diet for a tired mind. It's a very nutritious diet. When you start meditating, your senses seem to open up and magnify the tiny current of water we hear running out there. Suddenly, doesn't it seem to be very loud? But it isn't. The mind has the tendency to magnify. But we make space for it. We don't try to switch these things off or control them. And this is part of letting go. Letting go and being present go together very much. So letting go of what's around you and just experiencing it as it is without trying to change it. Not trying to make it go away or be perfect or be anything else other than what it is. If somebody is raising their voice at you, what would our natural reaction be? To retaliate. Right, to retaliate. And in the sense where as much as we can learn to be with ourselves and receive the unpleasant sound, or experience of life, and make space for it. That much, it will let go of us. We don't have to let go of it. Because we're not resisting it. As soon as we resist it, it creates a reverberation, an amplification, and it'll accelerate into aggression. So if we can relax more with life, If we relax too much, with the pleasant, we become more attached to it. So we really have to use a lot of wisdom here. It's making ourselves welcome in a skillful way, but we still have boundaries. For example, with angry emotions or angry people in our lives, then we have to learn how to listen to the anger that we're holding on to without letting it overwhelm us or how to receive people that are hostile towards us without reacting to them in the same old ways that just perpetuate that conflict or those same patterns that we find ourselves getting caught up in. The more that we begin to trust this space in the heart, the more we'll be able to come back without a shout, with wisdom if water is rushing in and you know where there's high ground it saves us from drowning resisting the things that are too much for us too difficult or running with them just to keep up so we've got to find high ground to rest to stop to listen and to get a bit of wisdom around what's happening so that we can work with it more skillfully rather than getting drawn into our habitual reactions. This diet for the mind, it's stopping in here. Meditation helps us to learn to trust in here, to have faith that there is a serenity, there is a calm that we can develop, and then we can diet on that. We don't have to feed only on stress and distress, disappointment, And disillusionment, discouragement, despair, depression, anger, grief, sadness, or not forgiving, resentment and grudge. Okay, you're not angry anymore, but there's certain things that you hate having to bear or endure. It gives us the patience to investigate where that's coming from, find that safe place, and examine those unpleasant or unfriendly conditions that we've been fighting for years or decades. And those conditions are the knots. Those attitudes, those opinions about ourselves and about what we can take and what we can't, those are all the knots that we are tangled up in and that we cannot seem to open and free. We can't liberate ourselves from them. So the result is, not only is our posture like this, but our hearts look like that too from the inside. Out of that entanglement, if there's a cancer, if there's a suffering, a painful diagnosis of any illness, a heart attack, or a loss in life, we cannot take it. We just cannot bear it. We're already at the threshold of cracking. But this practice helps us to rebuild, reconnect, recollect our strength, and understand ourselves and our way of experiencing life in, in, in a manner that gives us room to breathe, finally. We wake up and we feel refreshed in a way that we can pay attention and bring emotional balance. Now, this emotional balance and this kind of concentrated attention is pure presence. It's a pure presence that gives us the scope to speak and act with a lot of love and compassion. And then we can offer that to our hospice situations, what better gift? But you cannot practice that so well just in the tenseness and in the burning kind of moments that you get when you're with someone who's experiencing a lot of horrific pain or having to deal with family members that cannot accept what they're seeing and what they're having to deal with. We have to practice this when we have these lovely special conditions here. Nothing terrible happening except maybe an uncomfortable chair or a bit of tension. We can handle that. We can learn this technique and rehearse it in these simple and rather pleasant conditions so that when the going gets rough and we have to navigate through the rapids of other situations we're going to find ourselves in, especially our our hospice work, or our family life, or getting old and decrepit ourselves, or being young and confused and having to separate from someone you love, then we can meet life like warriors, spiritual warriors that we are. Look into the mirror of the mind. In that mirror we see what we really are, and if it's moving around, it's rushing around, it's not absolutely still, there is no clarity. Then we can't see what's in there, the truth of what we really are. We can't discover the silence when the mind is disturbed. We find the silence when the mind is quiet. And then in that mirror within us, we find great light reflecting we learn how to radiate that light, and everyone will feel it. Everyone we come here will say, wow, why is she so happy? What happened to her? Then they'll ask you, and you'll say, I'm meditating. Yeah. Meditation is a kind of non-denominational worship. What are you worshiping? The present moment. You're worshipping its absolute purity. You're allowing it to be exactly as it is. In hospice, we learn how to praise that moment just as if it was the rose drying on the stem. Is it less beautiful in death? A rose is a rose is a rose. The body dies and the mind is left to flower and take its onward journey. And the more peaceful the death, the more lovely that onward going, mysterious as it is to us. We cannot say much about what that is. But if we can lead into it by having our mind fully alert, quiet, like a child in awe at the sun rising for the first time. Or a person, see this beautiful sight in nature. You see the beautiful passing away of someone who has made peace with death. Let's be able to offer at least that. Not just to people in hospice, to ourselves. Because we have to do that too. Every one of us here are lining up for that same experience. But, hope I see you at the next class. <laughs>